I'm Summer Nilsson, author of The Ludor Tales, a fantasy adventure series including The Land of the Pines and The Land of the Strays, which targets today's youth with inclusive content to support social acceptance and mental health. I'm here to engage youth in real conversations about self-worth, kindness, and what connection means in a modern world. And so today, I want to welcome Colby. Colby, if you could tell me a little bit about you, about where you're from, your background. Well, my name is Colby, and I love painting, and I come from a family of eight. Eight? Oh my goodness. Okay, too bad yeah. about that. It's a crazy ride, without a question, but it's an awesome life. I originally was born in, I was born in Longview, and we've actually moved around quite a bit. We first started off at Tatum, then we actually moved to Michigan for a while, for about a year and a half, and then we moved back down to Dangerfield. Awesome. And so you're the oldest? Yes, ma'am. Wow. Oldest of eight. So you have a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of young ones that look up to you and look to see what choices you're making. Easy. Well, that's awesome. So, and what grade are you in? I'm in ninth grade. And is it true? Let's see. You started off homeschooling. Yep. Is that correct? Yep. 15 years. 15 years of homeschooling. Yeah. And so, is this your first year in high school? Yes. So, tell me about that. Tell me about that transition. Not at all like I expected it would be. But <laughs> I, um, I'm being honest, not at all like I expected. Okay. Has it been easier or harder or? It's been a little harder just with kind of the stress of keeping up with all like studies and all that stuff and making sure you get good grades and stuff. Okay. Are you in any sports, extracurricular activities? I'm in track. I'm in one act. I'm also doing some UILs right now. And I was originally doing something called HOSA. It's like kind of like for medical and stuff, but okay. I'm finished with that and Trying to think what else. I mean, that's a lot. There's there's a list. That's a lot. But yeah, that's it. Well, I was here previously, and I know you have read both The Land of the Pines and The Land of the Strays. Is that correct? So again, I wrote these books really so that I could begin to have a conversation with people just like you, really wanting to instill self-worth, instill kindness, and to also have a conversation about what it is to be a youth in today's world, right? What connection really means. I feel like that's such an important conversation. But let me start by just saying with, we can start with the land of the pines. Enough. Was there a character in particular, a character or a scene, something that you most resonated with in the land of the pines? I love the scene at the end of the book where Grey, like, comes in through the gate and faces the Black Widow. Like, I love the part where the Black Widow could finally be free from the almost demon that was possessing her. Oh my goodness. Like, you nailed it. her. Yes, you nailed it. And so I believe, so your favorite characters were Grey the Kitten and the Black Widow. Is that right? Yeah. And what's interesting is that as I wrote the book, those two lives, those two characters were in such parallel because they were ultimately seeking the same thing. Like Grey obviously is seeking her identity. She wants to know who she is and she wants to feel home in that space. The irony was that Black Widow, Dawn the Black Widow, was seeking the exact same things. And so the fact that you were able to distill that and, and, and understand it, the Black Widow was suffering really from her own ego, right? From her own mind and that chatter that comes, I feel like, so much more for you guys in today's world where it's just constant. It's all around you. And it's a matter of really trying to figure out how to silence that 
to to just have some sense of clarity. Right. Now, whether that comes through with um, in social media, in so many different ways, you guys live in a you're the most digitally savvy generation of, of all time, right? Like you, like, I, I'm just trying to keep up with you. But did you feel like some of that chatter um, and that that those two characters in particular planted the seed to have that kind of a conversation? Yeah, definitely. I honestly, when I read the book, I didn't know that I would be sure to see that moment. <laughs> sure, it's really cool. But sure, I just loved how Gray was able to like kind of help calm and like help the Black Widow, like even though they wanted the same thing so that Gray kind of knew what the Black Widow was feeling and like just like kind of a sense of being lost and not being able to find your own way, like being controlled by the voice in your head. And you know what? One of my favorite lines in the book really is the one's identity is defined by their character. I made a point of putting that up front because I felt like both of the characters that were really core to this story were searching, in fact, for their identity. And it's such an important thing these days that with all the chatter, with everything that's happening, to feel that inner strength and to know that you get to decide who you're going to be. Right. You get to define that. And in the end of the book, they both have an opportunity to do that. And that's really kind of what the purpose of it was. In addition to that, and I love that you point out the scene where the Black Widow is essentially given her freedom, given the opportunity to become who she wants to be. And it happens because Grey the Kitten has a magical voice. Right. And so I love the fact that that is her superpower, is to speak up, to speak up not just on her own behalf, but on behalf of someone else. He doesn't have a voice. Who doesn't have a voice. And, and that's important because I feel like, especially today, words matter, right? They matter so much more now than they ever have because everything is documented. Right. Everything is digital. Everything is pertinent. And I'm just curious, so in the in that lane, in having that type of a conversation, just these types of topics, does that in any way impact, you know, the sense of permanence, how you, how you engage on social media? Just thinking through the fact that once it's out there, it's out there. Right. How do you find balance between your real life and the life that's on your phone, that's texting, that's... It's really hard because sometimes I feel like I'm being sucked into that world of social media, of texting, and I don't want to be. Like, I want to be present and I want to be real, but the draw of everything that's on your phone, social media, everything, it's there and it's real. And and it's constant. And it's not going away. Yeah. So you kind of have to find a balance between real life and your social media life. And so that's interesting to you. And there are two different ones, right? Mm -hmm. How you talk to people is that different. For me, not really. Like, I love talking to people. Like, I'm an extrovert. I love people. <laughs> That's who you are. <laughs> yeah, I love people, and I want to be able to connect with them, and I want to be able to help them in any way that's possible. And talking on my phone just and texting and stuff, for me, it's just not really the same as talking to someone in real life. So for me in particular, when I'm texting, I'm constantly, like, I'm so cognizant of the fact that it's it it's typing and it's permanent and everything else and when i'm talking i'm so much freer but i think that's a result of my age right so right. younger generations you guys just don't even think like it's just like it's an extension of you as a conversation <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's pretty awesome but it's it's also there's a permanence to it and i do you feel like people talk enough about the permanence of um 
what you're saying is out there and it's forever there? Not really. I feel like it's there, but it hasn't really been explored or talked about enough. So we've talked about your favorite scene. We've talked about your favorite character in Pines. What was your favorite character in The Strays? I really love the lab. Playing the lab. Yes. Yes. I loved him. Okay. That's awesome. And what I love about Lane the Labrador is that he has magical ears. Yeah. Yeah. So with Lane, he has the ability to hear the inner thoughts of other animals that are in need. And I really wanted to touch upon just that level of introspection and of empathy. Because I think that as we've talked about how important it is that you know how awesome you are and that you have a sense of self-worth, it is equally important that we start to engage each other and remember empathy and that until I've walked in your shoes, I have no idea what, what it took for you to get here. And that's one of the core messages that I'm trying to articulate with this series is, A, own who you are. Right, right, right. B, try to be empathetic that, you know, everybody's just trying to survive and we're all connected. So the interesting thing about, you know, whether you're on your phone or whether you're in person where you're able to be more present, it's this universal connection and we're all going to be there no matter what. Right. So was there a particular scene that you most resonated with in the strays? I love the scene in the beginning where of the bench in the tree. Yeah. And I love the scene where like the grandmother like is still dealing with the loss of her husband and how the lab, was it the lab? Or was uh, David the strike? Yes. Okay. I love that scene where he was able to help her and like able to comfort her through that. Absolutely. And so, yeah, with David the stray, what I really was hoping to communicate there is he did. He had a sense of loss. And he really kind of had to hit rock bottom, right? Like he swam across that creek and hit rock bottom and really had to dig deep to say, okay, this is what it feels like to fail or to, to feel a sense of loneliness and to really have to rebuild yourself and do so not just for you, but that foundation is going to provide the foundation for everybody else to hopefully come across too, to build a club in which we all get to thrive and we all get to succeed and support each other. Right. It really goes back to the fact that there are like the, the topics, the complexities of how I lived as a teenager compared to how you guys have it now. I mean, it's just, it's a whole different ball game. I feel like there's an opportunity here and a responsibility, frankly, for us to be engaging you on such a higher level of thinking. Right. Because you've got, like, a source of information. You can go anywhere. You can get anything. But also, we, us as teenagers, we need to learn from you guys because you guys are older and wiser, and we need to learn how to interact with people more and just not be on our phones all the time, too. <laughs> I, know, I know teenagers out there will be like, oh, dear. But I just, like, I feel like we need to interact more and find more solutions to how we can help help each other more. Okay. To be there for each other more, to kind of relate to each other. Yes. Okay. On and off the phone. Yeah. But also, I feel like our phones can be a good thing, too. We can spread the message. We can spread good messages, too. Through the internet and through the Instagram, social, so just all of that. Like, So you can use social media for good. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the important thing here is that, like, I firmly believe social media can be used for good. I think it's a matter of reminding generations 
that words matter again. So that how you speak to each other and and what you say, um, that it's going to have a forever impact, right? So I always feel like basic kindness is kind of what we have to get back to the root of. Meaning, you know, opening a door for somebody is a good thing, right? Just waving at somebody in the hallway and saying hi and being kind to a stranger, that may actually change someone's day. Or I don't know the impact you can have on someone. You don't. I'm going to ask each person that I speak with on this series, what if there was a moment in particular with your generation, with your friends and your peers, or outside of that, where someone has changed your life through basic kindness, would you mind sharing? I'm trying to think because there are a few moments. There is this one time when this man, we were at a grocery store and my mom was on a budget and we couldn't get everything that we had in the grocery car. So she had put a few things back and the few things that she put back were something for my siblings, something fun, like, um, I think it was a stuffed animal or like a new blanket for them. But this older guy walks up to us and he offers to pay with the rest of our stuff. And that kind of impacted me and that they realize that what someone does to you, you can give back to. Like, and my mom told me after that, that man did something so kind for us. When you are old enough to, and when you have a good job, you need to do that for someone else and you need to impact them the way that he impacted us. That's amazing. That that man changed the trajectory of your life. Exactly. With one kind gesture, he, uh, not only did he help that particular day, but he laid the foundation for you to fully understand how kindness can change someone's life. That is beautiful, and thank you for sharing that. And also, like, I didn't even know him. He was, like, a complete stranger. So it kind of made me marvel that, like, someone who didn't, didn't even know us would do something so kind for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a blessing and what a gift yeah. that, that just, you know, it's, it speaks to the fact that, again, you genuinely don't know what that one little thing is going to do. You know, kindness is, it's a word that we use, but it truly did, it, it's at the core of what I was really trying to do with this series is, A, to have a conversation about just understanding that, you know, you, people say books with animals and they say, um, you know, how are you really addressing complexity? And when you really dive into the chatter and you dive into the complexities of your world, as you've talked about, which is a completely different ballpark and generation. And the necessity for within that, there to be a level of kindness that allows all of the that free com communication and free texting and, and everything being permanent, that if it's kind, then it's just an opportunity for there to be this continuous, you know, positive field and, and energy between each other that connects us, but connects us on a good way. That was really, that was the hope. The hope with this series was that with each of these characters and with each of these scenes, it would open up an opportunity to talk about self-worth and to talk about connection and to talk about kindness. And it sounds to me like through these so far, that's really, so far we're on point. Is there, is there a message that hasn't been touched on in books you've read or whatever else that you think would also be key to your generation? I think that they need to push the message of telling others that they're loved because people in this day and time, no one tells each other enough how much they're loved. 
like just someone like just going up to someone randomly on the street and saying hey you're doing good um i love you and then just giving them a hug like that can make someone's day oh it changes changes everything and people all over the world like about three-fourths of the world today especially in third world countries kids and teenagers are not being told enough how much they are loved and how much they are worth and i feel like we need to spread that message more i could not agree with you more and in fact, in the, I think one of the last quotes in the land of the strays, I said, um, to become a chief, you must champion for all. Right. And I said that because I feel like, to your point, we have to really make a point of reaching out to others, of understanding that you've really got to be a champion for everyone. And you, you really have to understand that you, in knowing who you are, you can really help others to find that same level of confidence and to feel that sense of love. And perhaps it is our obligation, as we now do have all of these tools available to us, to utilize them in a positive way to say, hey, you're loved. Hey, you're doing a great job. You're a rock star. Right. And, and if that is what we're mindful of, and that's the message that we start to communicate, as opposed to you know, questioning whether or not we're good enough, questioning whether, oh, they, they look cooler or they right. have more. If instead it's, you're doing a really good job and you inspired me. That's kind of what you're saying. Definitely. That's very cool. I guess if I'm going to conclude here, what do you want to become? I actually want to become maybe a neurologist or like something of a doctor, I guess, like a surgeon or something like that. You would be excellent, and I assume that's part of your um, mission to continue to give back and to continue to do good. There's actually, um, I forgot what it's called, but it's these ships. I think it's called Ships Overseas, but basically they're these huge freighter ships that doctors go on. They're basically hospitals in the ships, and they go to third world countries, and they help give free surgeries and like dental care, all that stuff to people who need it. And I think it'd be really cool to do that. You would be outstanding at that. It is an honor to know you, and I'll ask one last thing to conclude this. What should the next character be in the next book? What character do you want to see? That's a hard question. I'm trying to think. Um, be a raccoon. A raccoon, maybe. Okay. All right. Well, I will keep that in mind. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, for, and I loved your book series. It was awesome.